Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we're talking NWA Saturday night on TBS from April the 30th, 1988. Doc, we were supposed to do a pre-show. Harper's running late. What's freaking new? I'm frustrated. You're frustrated. It's a miracle this show comes out if it does on time. Would you agree with that assessment and statement? I don't want to say anything good because I'm not convinced we're not going to have to re re-record this at some oh point later. Oh my god! Don't say that. I've got to do a show. Look, I, you tomorrow know, you know, with Lance, I got we up. got two Smoky so, Mountains to do Friday. I know. I know. Let me break this down for people. Remember, I used to I used to play heel and I'd come in and heel on everybody. Okay, I'm not going to do that. But y'all motherfuckers are lucky if you're hearing this. <laughs> I can't explain it. Uh, Mike is Mike has screwed up his computer so bad. We might have to do another GoFundMe. We need an IT intern. This thing is we've gone from the most unprofessional wrestling podcast. This is just outlaw mud show, just sloppy right now. It's it's all over the road. We don't even know what Har- where Harper is. We don't know if we can call him when he gets here. We don't know if this is working. All we know is that we like wrestling, and we're here. We're trying. That's it. That's the only thing we can say. We're trying. That's all we can do. We're trying. And um, I guarantee if we didn't have, like, a Cal Ripken-like streak going, we'd have said, fuck it tonight. Well, it's not – yeah, right. It, it's not the computer. It's not my computer, although Windows keeps pushing through the most ridiculous updates. There's been a couple of Skype updates lately, and I really believe the problem presides inside of People, Skype. The, 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 they don't the care, army, but they're the getting they're getting why. The Army does not care about your or our bullshit. They just want results. Can you blame them? So here's the thing. Let me level with you guys. We know – that we've been a little bit light on Patreon content. We're asking for a little bit of grace on that because we had one teed up for tonight. We will get it out eventually. Uh, but we spent what? 20 minutes. Restart. almost 30 restarting and updating and, uh, nothing productive happened. So anyway, <laughs> no, nothing productive. It was like we sat in the shower trying to smush shit down the drain pipe with our feet. That's what the last 30 minutes have been about. That That's pretty much true. So um, why don't we go ahead and say uh, I'm doing good. 
uh, other than this. Uh, my life is very blessed other than this. Um, I do have a quick docaholic spotlight I'd like to get to, and then you can do some shout outs. Um, I don't know exactly how to say this for today, but because uh, he may be on the lamb from the, the uh, Twitter police. But uh, I'm going to give Journey Cornette the uh, the spotlight since he apparently escaped Twitter jail to give us one of his Smoky Mountain uh, haikus this week that that was really good as always. So uh, fighting through the man to get the people what they deserve, just like we're doing here today. So he's going to get the uh, spotlight this week. Uh, I got another spotlight to throw out Smoky Mountain related. I see Bobby Blaze has been out there listening because he's poked his head up since he's about to do something big in Smoky Mountain. He's like, hey, y'all want the champ on? What's up, motherfuckers? So uh, those are our spotlights for the week. There you go. We got any new patrons you need to highlight here? Uh, no, because in real time, we're doing this just a few days after we recorded last week's show. So, um, yeah, that's how we roll. If it wasn't going to get done tonight, this particular episode... I couldn't tell you when it was going to get done. That was the pressing thing for us to get it done because I've got a couple other things I got to do next week or this week. So anyway, uh, no new patrons uh, because we had a bunch on the last episode. However, uh, William Bozard at Duck Bozard on Twitter, longtime listener, longtime Patreon member, wonderful supporter of this show, said on Twitter on uh, August 18th. So it was a few days back. Uh, it was good old Tim Horner's birthday, and uh, mm. William asked, I wonder if Tim Horner got a fax machine on his birthday. So if anyone knows the answer to this, I just want to say let us know. He, uh, maybe he uh, backed the rain truck up to Staples and loaded a whole bunch of them on there. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, there you go. <laughs> we, we, the question was posed. Did he finally get a fax machine for his I wasn't birthday? Expecting well, to, I wasn't expecting to have to be the spot monkey tonight. Where's Harper? I don't know. He just said, y'all start without me. I'm assuming he got caught up with work because that tends to happen. So with that said, let me mention a couple of other big time Patreon supporters. Our friends out there, disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Kyle Riley and Mike Childry. Thank you for your generous patronage each and every month and keeping the lights on for this show, which is Jeez. put together with duct tape spit and glue right now. There's as we a fucking... try to figure out what the hell's wrong with the recorder and why it keeps crashing. Bro, there's one single thin flimsy string holding a 30 watt bulb that's just flickering on and off if we're keeping the lights on. I, I'm we, a... actually, we actually had entertained the conversation tonight. Is this the end? <laughs> is this it I will, I will screw around with this damn thing sometime tomorrow when I get off work hopefully I'll have time I've, I gotta record with Lance tomorrow so this thing needs oh, to be okay, fixed guys. either tonight okay well uh, Mike I'm gonna need you to have that all ready for me because I like to be on a professional podcast there buddy oh my god Harper's Lance impersonation is <laughs> is taking the BTT army by storm on the Facebook page and on Twitter it's freaking fantastic Lance is going to drive down to Metairie and whoop Harper's ass. He really is. <laughs> He really is. Man, how much, how, much, how much money do you think we could raise if we had an amateur fight night between Lance and Harper with boxing gloves and full gear and just the whole nine yards? Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it would draw too good, man. Well, on the undercard, I'd whip your ass. Sure. Whatever you say, pal. All right. So, again, if this show does not sound normal sound quality wise, it's because 
We suck. It's not just that. The normal recorder is out. It keeps crashing. We're using Skype's built-in recorder, which um, sucks if you ask me, but that's just my personal opinion. And then I've got another backup recorder going that I know sucks as well because I've had to use it once or twice in the past. So no complaints. This show's free, but thank you for tuning in. And if you want to support us, please do so at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Hey, we got patron. A, I was going to say, we got a lot of problems. But classic wrestling ain't one, so I'm I'm still looking forward to to what lies ahead for us here tonight. Amen, brother. I'm trying I'm Tiny, trying to put a positive spin on this thing. Tinyurl.com/slash/patreonbtt. Become a patron and support this show and get over 200 plus Patreon episodes. Now, Doc. With that said, I've got the actual uh, video recorder working at this point. Oh. At least I think it is. That one. <laughs> last week twice um and i couldn't put out a video version of the show because it freaking kept crashing so much bullshit it's ridiculous i'm telling you windows did an update and it's just causing all things to go crazy um craig walston if you're listening out there please tell me uh, that you know about these window updates because they're insane they're in they're, i don't know I've gotten a bunch of updates lately, and ever since these updates have been pushed through, I've had numerous issues with numerous things on a computer. But we will get into Saturday night from again. There's a term. There's a term for this. They push out these quote unquote updates. That's just called planned obsolescence, pal. That's very good, Doc. I got to give you credit on that one. Now, let's move into the show. The show mm-hmm. opens with this soundbite from J.J. Dillon. As the leader of the Four Horsemen, I have witnessed many change in the unit that have taken place over the years. Changes that have come during times of adversity, changes that have come during really great times for the Four Horsemen. But in each case, we have continued to dominate the professional wrestling scene. The Four Horsemen are the newsmakers, if you would. The Four Horsemen are really the trendsetters in the world of professional wrestling. And now it's with great pride that I announce that our unit has been completed with a signing of wrestling superstar Barry Windham. Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson have regained the world tag team titles and are now prepared to take on all contenders. Ric Flair continues to dominate as the world heavyweight champion. He too will face all contenders all over the world. There's only one void, if you would, to be filled, and that is now the vacant United States heavyweight title, and there is only one man looming on the scene that I feel will fill that spot. He, of course, is the four horsemen. I'm talking about Barry Windham. Doc, give me a second. I'll share my screen. What do you have from J.J. Dillon opening the show telling us the four horsemen are now a complete unit, and and then we can then go to the studio. Uh, What are your thoughts? Well, I think if you're a heel fan that likes the Horsemen in 88, and those do exist, you got to be real happy right now because this shit's all teeth and gums. If you're a babyface on that side, the betrayal is huge, and oh my, the, the, now the Horsemen are up and running. What are we? What the hell are we going to do? That just seemed like a, either a cold open, Saturday Night Live open, or a State of the Union. Like, y'all motherfuckers is fucked because the four Horsemen are in the house. So... Man, he just laid it out. We got the tag belts. We got the we got the we got the big strap. And oh, guess what? Barry Windham's in the fold. We're on this thing. Yeah, I don't know how much more matter of fact he can be. Uh, just saying, Facts. the horsemen after all this time are a complete unit. It's not fake news. It's a fact. And he hey, told what us- color? What color is Tony's jacket? Would you say? 
Mm. We're going to give that a magenta? Ah, that, uh, bro, you sound like a broad. Is that mag- brick, brick red? Remember brick red from the uh, the coloring box, the Crayola box? It might be brick red, but I'm just going to go with red or dark red or it ain't burgundy or maroon. And you got to get out your color wheel and get your palette going, son. You can fucking blow me is what you can do. I'm not getting up. You sound like a broad when you say that. That's all I'm going to say. I'm a sophisticated That's man. That's all I got to say. I mean, I just know, I know some colors. Oh, sure you are. Hey, I got a question for you here. It's Al Perez and George South match up in the opener. Why do you think George South never got a push? Hold on, bro. Let me mention what JR says. JR tells us before throwing it to this Perez and George South match that Luger and Sting won the Crockett Cup. Mm-hmm. And we will see highlights from it. Wanted to mention that. And they also just spill the news because this is how it worked back in the day. They tell us that the Fantastics mm. have won the U.S. Tag Team titles from the Midnight Express. We got all that in the opening. I mean, how different was wrestling back in the day? You didn't see it. You tuned in and you just found out what happened. You didn't give anything away on TV until you just gave it all away in the first 30 seconds. Pretty much. I'm just saying, man, it was just such a different time. Well, and here's the other thing is that I've been listening to the recently released long-form omnibus Jim Cornette stuff on the drive-thru about this period. And it's just – it's – fascinating and sad and just how good this this promotion was rolling from a talent and some some of the aspects but just the boneheaded decisions and hey man just remember we we're hard on dusty these days and his booking but corny absolves him pretty much the whole way on that well yeah because once you get and we're gonna get to this period once you get past dusty and dusty's gone i mean it turns it into a freaking Shit show. Shit show. I mean, <laughs> yes, shit show. You are. Correct. So, why did George South never get a push? I don't know. It's All like right. one of those guys that just fell into that enhancement talent role. He was good at it. The thing was, you know, everybody respected him. Like the people who mattered respected him. But it was just, he was kind of one of them guys who just fell into that role. Because I was always wondering, like, his hair keeps getting longer and stuff here and frizzier. If he's like, they're telling him, like, hey, man, if you grow your hair out, we'll give you something. And then they never do. Hey, can you give me to five minutes and 32 seconds? Bro, you're not about to aggravate me with a bunch of timestamps. No, that right there. That airplane spin? To the drop. Why wasn't that Al Perez's finisher? I don't know. He's out there doing Dory Funk moves. Dory Funk Jr. moves. That shit right there should have been his finisher. Spinning airplane drop with like the beginning of the Razor's Edge. That should have been I his mean, finisher. It looked good. I give it that. Every time I ask you something, you say, I don't know. Can we have a conversation about wrestling? Harper's not here for me to talk about dirty broads. We have to talk about something. I mean, I don't know why it was his finisher. Why it wasn't. I Shouldn't it have been? You well, saw that. It. That looked good. Well, I mean, it looked good. He did that toehold gimmick. See, the problem with that finisher is is you can't use it on everybody. Who was he trying to use it on? Like, I've heard Jay Lethal say before, you know, he's like, when he was thinking of his finisher, you know, where he does lethal injection, injection the whole thing behind lethal injection was I can I needed to be able to do that. I needed to be able to do oh, my okay. finisher on anybody. Let me tell you so, something. If, if Al Perez tries to do that move right there to, like – 
not that he, not that Dusty was gonna book him to do it, but if Alvarez tries to do that finisher on somebody like Dusty, that shit ain't happening. Dusty ain't letting do, it. First of, first of all, he could do it. We'll go back and listen to Gary Hart in a minute. There's there's first of all that the, the move that when you say that that gets me is the Styles Clash move. Fuck that. Um, I ain't taking that shit. And I yeah. I, yeah, I don't trust that AJ's hitting the gym enough to to hold me in that position. Uh-uh. And I will tell you that no wrestler I like more has ever had a more terrible finisher in my eyes than Jay Lethal with the lethal injection. I hate that move. And I love Jay Lethal. Like, Jay Lethal is a top three to five wrestler in the current today favorite of mine and I cannot stand the lethal injection. Cannot stand it. I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. Okay, we don't have to agree about everything, man. I don't you like that move. I do not like it. It's no why. You're running away from the guy and then you're doing a handstand into the to the ropes and just I think when he comes back into it, that guy should have recovered and just lariat you, Stan Hansen, lariat you out of the ring. No, he hits him with something before he goes to that move. I know. He doesn't just, just he doesn't just like stand him up in the middle of the ring and be like, all right, um, here we go. Okay, so here, so here's the other here's the other component of finishers that nobody talks about. Can he do that when he's forty five? Can he do the lethal injection when he's forty five? Yeah. Yeah, he can do that instead of um Yeah, he could do that when he's 40. Why wouldn't he be able to do that when he's 45? If he's know. in shape, I mean as long as he stays in shape. Okay. It's just it's it's a matter of him staying in shape though. I mean, you, yeah, he's not going he ain't going to do that at 45 and be completely out of shape or anything. I mean, you know. So, but okay. Um all right, you ready to go to Al Perez and Gary Hart? Well, we're going to listen to the Espanol version or the ghetto version. We're going to go all of it. Here it is. All right. What about the United States heavyweight title? We're not only talking about uh, Sam Houston Arena in Houston, Texas. We're talking about Beaumont. We're talking about Galveston. We're talking about the whole entire valley. Anybody that's got a car, a bus, a train, a plane, you better make arrangements on the 13th. Friday night, Houston Coliseum. It's going to be a great night for the National Wrestling Alliance. The top competitors go for a one-night title to decide who will be the prestigious United States heavyweight champion. And I feel very, very definitely and very strong in our home area, in an area where the Latin people truly support Al Perez, people of all colors who support Al Perez. Come, buy yourself a ticket, set yourself down and see one of the greatest evenings of a wrestling competition you've ever had in your life. The NWA is back in Houston, Texas, and it's going to be wonderful. And Al has something to say. Then I have one more comment I'd like to make. All right. Well, to all my Latin friends out there, quiero que vengan a verme luchar. Mi compañero y yo necesitamos su apoyo moral. Gracias. And also, I would like to say, it's a downright shame, Dusty Rhodes, a Texan such as yourself, a Texan, a homegrown Texas, one of the greatest wrestlers ever from the state of Texas. It is disgusting, spiteful, and unreal. 
that you should appear there as the Midnight Rider. Here is a man that doesn't even have enough respect to a... I know, David, and you know, and the fans of Houston, Texas, come on down. Look at the Midnight Rider. And if it's not Dusty Rhodes, I'll go to the Astrodome and I'll dive off head first. And one other thing, Nikita, when you're in Texas, you talking Al Perez and Gary Hart. There ain't nobody going to do nothing in Texas to Perez and Hart. Because when it comes to the Kings, you looking at them, brother. You want to be one, you better kill one. Come and get Perez. Friday night, Houston, Texas, the 13th, David. All right, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen. Al Perez doing a good job of talking him into the building right there, Doc. What do you have? Al Perez? I'm sorry. Um, Gary Hart. You know what I meant. My exact note was Gary Hart was talking in the building. Um, and that's then he what goes, I said. I know. I'm saying we, we had the same note there. That's that's what I'm trying to convey to you, my friend. Um, also, I love that line. You want to be a king, you better kill a king kind of thing. And are we sure that Gary Hart's not your actual father? That's funny. Well, I'm, he kind of sounds black. <laughs> you're an asshole. <laughs> and you're both bald. <laughs> so I tell you, man, Gary Hart is the, the blackest looking and sounding white dude you'll ever meet. But anyway, I, I think there's some people out there that would say that's you, but I, that's why I asked the question. I think, so did Gary Hart give you one of those uh, autobiographies? You got one of those? Those are worth a lot of money. Here, son, take this. No, uh, I, don't. I don't. But, but you I, know, like, but he's Gary. telling him he's telling him back from his Texas roots, man. Get you to Beaumont down to houston down to the valley god that's a long way from houston pal that's that's hours away but come get you some you ain't gonna see you ain't gonna see it like that anymore he trying man he was working to talk him into the building but uh i thought gary was good there especially like i said trying to get him to the building on uh, i wonder if al perez is mumbling in spanish as much as he does in english no he sounded pretty good right there No, no 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 He wasn't mumbling. Yo quiero taco. Okay. Yo quiero taco. Is that? (laughs) (laughs) Doc knows that. Hola, cerveza, and donde está el baño? (laughs) Probably. And that's about it. (laughs) Caete, puto. What? (laughs) Caete, puto. Are you trying to say shut the fuck up in Spanish? No. I need well, a hard for it. Hey, I need, I need take me shut your mouth. Uh, shut up, bitch. I know. Okay, keep going. All right, let's go. I don't know, dude. I don't know where Harper's at. What's going on? What's all that noise? Kids uh, invading the room? What What the hell? Oh, that's like two rooms away, pal. Well, well, we can hear him. All right. So after Gary Hart and Al Perez, we go to Tony and Jr. who throw us to a recap and replay of the finish of Barry's turn on Lex. Um, and Barry becoming a member of the Horsemen. I will say this. Doc likes to always give things a hard time related to replays. Doc, we need to really be mindful of things of replays during this time. You know, there's no YouTube. There's no DVR. But not only that, some of us didn't have cable and didn't get to see this shit every week. So, you know what? We were fine in 1988 if they replayed this because this was a big moment. And I'll leave it I, at that. Um, I, will actually, I will actually agree with you on that. Like, this was big enough that I understand why you would show it. 
to next week. I, I I really believe you you kind of have to in in my opinion. So this it, this changed the landscape and the center of gravity for the promotion. I think that certainly warrants it. Well, yeah, you had someone become a member of the Horsemen. Yeah, that's that's some major major stuff. So, all right, let's go to J.J. Dillon now, who is back in studio. Mm. Well, I think that last scene that we just saw, Wyndham and J.J. Dillon with the the symbol, really says it all. You know, the whole wrestling world was shocked, or so I'm told, but if you think back a little bit, put everything in its proper perspective, it's really not such a great shock, because the world heavyweight champion himself, Ric Flair, before the year 1987 ended in a nationally televised program, made the statement at that time when there was a void in the Four Horsemen that his personal choice to fill that void at that time was none other than Barry Windham himself, the man that Ric Flair said was really the pure athlete in professional wrestling today. And everybody was shocked at that point. They were in disbelief. My phone rang off the wall, and then it got to be kind of music. Everybody said, Flair's crazy. They're all crazy. Barry Windham never happened. But you see, at that point, the seed was planted. And then I do what I do best, and that's make things happen. And now I can let you know that over the last three or four months, yes, off and on, I have spoken with Barry Windham. And it really narrowed down to three major points. Number one, everyone knew that follows wrestling, that Dusty Rhodes was a very, very big influence as Barry Windham was growing up. Almost a second father, if you would. And he was very instrumental in his wrestling career, in developing his skills, in developing his abilities, in developing his attitudes. But I told Barry Windham, that you can have this feeling of indebtedness towards someone that helped you along the way to the point that if you don't someday step around and keep going, you will be in that shadow for the rest of your life. Point number two, this is the 80s. The wrestling business is changing, and there's a source of money to athletes beyond the wrestling ring and competition itself. And when they were talking about movie contracts, when they were talking about personal endurances for products, personal appearances, I said to Barry Windham, don't you think that you should be the man that they're talking about? But no, all the talk was Lex Luger. And while I've got Lex Luger on my mind, I also told Barry Windham point number three, that Lex Luger ran with a horseman. I got to know Lex Luger real, real well. And he is a great, great athlete. But if he has one shortcoming, and that is Lex Luger has his priorities a little messed up. Kind of the lights of Hollywood, if you would. Because those things have a way of taking care of themselves. And I told Barry Windham at some point, and I didn't know where it would be, I didn't know when it would be, I told him when you when you need him the most, at some point, he will let you down, he will not be there. And to my amazement, that moment came a little over a week ago in Jacksonville, Florida. And I knew at that time that that was the moment, and I told him, I looked Barry Windham in the eyes, and I said, Barry Windham, this is the moment. I told you he wouldn't be there when you need him. I told you he would let you down, and he did, and the rest is history. And now Barry Windham has completed the unit, and I think that the four horsemen of Barry Windham is an integral part. The possibilities of where we're going to go in the year 1988 are totally boundless. And, Tony, I know you've got a commercial break coming up, and I've... I've asked Mr. Wyndham if he wouldn't consent to come out here and maybe express some of his feelings to you, and he said he'd be happy to. Okay, we come back. We'll talk with Barry Wyndham and also take a look at what happened after that in the dressing room. Don't you dare go away. Okay. Um, JJ is having church up mm. in this piece. What do you have from this? Man, okay. 
So the first part is the genius is you're right. I mean, I feel like there ought to be a, a hymn going on behind this shit because it's there's church occurring. This motherfucker's got an outline of events, man. This shit's like a fucking court case. So the first thing is he comes out and says, okay, so we kind of told you this shit was going to happen months ago. Which makes them look like just badasses, right? The nature boy told you the nature boy told you he wanted him shit. We get what we want, right? Then he's got a three point plan of why he knew all this shit was gonna work. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fantastic. Like I'm not just talking shit. I got points. I got flash I got flashcards and shit. Right? Then some dickweeds in the audience start chanting boring, and they should have been beaten within an inch of their life because you don't talk that way in church. Whatever. But the, the, other, but the other thing about, about it is, well, he never acknowledged them, which is the best part about it. But the other thing is, no matter all of – my thing about the psychology behind it is no matter anything that happened that said I appeal to this or we did this, if Barry was a good guy at heart, he wouldn't have taken the call. And so the minute – the fact that he took the call tells you everything you need to know about Barry Wyndham, and he really is a bad guy from the psychology perspective. What was he doing talking to JJ all this time for the last three months when he, he, he we haven't heard anything about that. Mm-hmm. And so this has a lot of layers to it. That's really, really good. And man, it's just awesome. He also and then, said, and then, and then what I get on Monday and Tuesday night is a six-week string-along for who's attacking Roman Reigns, and it turns out it's some guy I never heard of. <laughs> My kid's like, what does this mean? I'm like, it doesn't mean a damn thing. There's your lesson. He also said, you can be thankful to someone like Dusty, but if you don't eventually move on, you'll always feel that guilt guilt and indebtedness to that person then he turned around and cut the promo on lex like hey i know who lex is and you found out right but i thought he his i thought his point about i thought every everything he said was on point oh it was it was it was i'm not i'm not saying nothing that that what you said wasn't the thing about this this is 1988 this is 31 years ago and it holds up today. It holds up today. Is it's as true as the day it was written. The shit would work today if you did it. It's as old. It's as old as 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 uh, Cain and Abel, man. The, the WWE really does have the 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 freaking Bible of how to do it in their vault. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nobody's and no they have the bible and everybody's illiterate they they literally have it in their own vault they and own they own they own the answer and they're too stupid to look at it 
And it's not stupid. It's ego. Here's he the problem. Here, but here's the problem. And, and Courtney's broken this down for you. Vince hates wrestling. Yeah. So wrestling yeah. ain't going to be part of the answer. But shit, man, the, the personal issue there is, hey, if you want to be a world-class athlete, you can't do it living under dusty shadow. you got to come over here. And guess what? When you thought you were being good, you were aligned with the, the narcissist, right? It's it? not. It, yeah, it's <laughs> not just that. The whole point about, you know, you can be thankful to Dusty because the thing is that Barry was, you know, so thankful to Dusty for helping him out. But eventually you have to move on. You got to be your own man when you grow up. You can't live in your parents' house all your whole life. It's not just that. If anybody has ever Stop done. Stop telling me it's not just things. I'm making good points here, asshole. No, listen, it's not just that. You're talking about you're living under your parents' roof. I'm talking about a situation like this where a friend, Barry, Dusty is Barry's friend. Dusty, quote unquote, helped Barry out. So we've all had or been in situations maybe where a friend helped us out. And a good, good friend is not going to hold that over your head forever. I would, friend, it, I would hold it. I would hold it over your head forever. Because you're an asshole. Some friends, though, wouldn't hold it over your head. And I do feel like in this situation, Barry had to get from out under Dusty's wing <laughs> because Dusty's always going to be like, I helped you out, kid. I helped you out, kid. And that guilt of always feeling like I can never break away and be my own because then he's going to think that I don't appreciate what he did for me. No way, pal. I'm breaking away. I'm doing my own thing. And then the hypocrisy and then the hypocrisy of it is you're not doing your own thing. You went and ran and joined another gang because you refused to stand on your own, which is great because it gives you a reason to go. But you're bullshit. That's right. That's right. Boy, so, this is this, we, what we will agree upon is how great that was. God almighty. Uh, JJ's a pastor. I mean, that's he's a how you, it's that's it's, how it gets done. That's how you do it. Speaking of how you do it, we'll go to Barry Windham here, mm. who looks as ridiculous. God. As, First note was how silly does he look trying to put on a tie? I love it. Let's play it. Here it is. <laughs> this is Barry following up after JJ. There it is. The symbol of excellence, meaning the four horsemen. And ladies and gentlemen, here he is. The joint is right here. Great, great athlete he is, Mr. Barry Window. You know what, I tell you what, everybody seems to think that Luger is the one that got the wrong to deal with. Well, let me tell you something. The four horsemen, the new World Tag Team Championships, which I would like to give them my congratulations, they have re regained the World Tag Team Championships, and I mean Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Guys, my hat's off to you. You did one heck of a job. You know, it was pure wrestling genius the way that Arn Anderson slid in there and held Lex Luger's shoulders to the mat when he couldn't even move. And let me tell you what, Lex Luger, when you were laying on the mat, groveling at my feet, I was the guy that did all the work. 
I always bled, I always sweat, and you always got all the glory. Well, let me tell you something, pal. It's far from being over between you and me. All that's happened now is we've seen where you can be and where you will probably stay the rest of your life. Playing on the map. I have reached this point in my career far and way above anything you will ever come to. Lex Luger, keep in mind, you think that I'm the bad guy in this situation. Well, I did everything for you for so very long, and you'd better be prepared to pay even more of a price because your life or anything else you own is going to be mine before long. And JJ, I think you have something to show everybody about Dusty Rhodes. Well, you know who the Midnight Rider is. I know who the Midnight Rider is. Of course it's Dusty Rhodes. But we do have this problem of trying to prove the situation and to get him out of professional wrestling. And in Jacksonville, Florida, once again, that shadow of the Midnight Rider had to loom over that glorious moment as the title changed hands and you stepped forward to accept your destiny. And he made the fateful mistake of breaking into the dressing room. And I want to go back and show that moment once again. And the thing that keeps sticking in my mind is you told me if anybody could take the mask off, it would be me. And I think it would be kind of easy. Let's go see what happens. All right, so they, they they throw it to a replay of the Midnight Rider going to the heel dressing room and getting unmasked, but you never see his face, as we discussed on last week's show. Doc, uh, before we go any further, though, what do you have from Barry Windham right there uh, cutting his promo and how ridiculous he looks with those glasses and that tie on? He looks ridiculous, but his demeanor is far more interesting to me because this is something we really haven't seen. and Man, I just I think that there's there's a lot of meat on this bone right here. And he and I like Barry when he said um, I was doing all the work. Mm. He wasn't lying there. Mm. Yeah, he wasn't. Hey, I, I mean, mean we, 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 we talked about that last week. I mean, the first few minutes of that match, man, he was all over the place. And then, yeah. you know, he's out there at the end and JJ's like, I told you, I told you. So he's got, that's a believable dig. It's like, I was doing all the work, man. Shit. How many times, how many times have you worked with some of the people you've worked with in your career and you look not even wrestling, just at the shoot job. Jesus. And you look over at these pathetic steps and you're like, never mind, I'll do it. <laughs> Uh, and it's always that breath out before. <sighs> Never mind. I'll, I'll I'll handle it. Are you sure? Yep. I'm sure. It gets I to the point it. where you don't even, you you no sell it. You don't even do the breath. You just. I got it. Are you yep. sure? Yep. Yep. Let me. Hey, you'll have it in a few seconds. Really? You can do that? Yep. Actually, I've already hit send on it. It's over. It's on your way. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was fast. Yeah, sure was, pal. All right. I carry, uh, the I carry the strap for a reason, pal. I pay the cost to be the boss. I think Barry is a compelling heel, and that's yep. why he is a great member of the Horsemen. As good as he was as a babyface, not promo-wise, but in the ring, he is an excellent member of the Horsemen. He, his whole demeanor, his attitude right there, it wasn't necessarily what you your pit on it. You're pissing. <laughs> Doc. What? Uh, you're pissing on air. Yeah. 
fuck can you hit mute? What the Why? Come on, man. You told me you told me that since Harper's not here, we're gonna ha- I have to like pick up the pace. Hold hold on a second. Hold on, here we go. All right. Come on, man. What? Usually when we have the three man booth, I can I can pop out and ugh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a little urine, man. I lost my where, where was I at? Uh, Barry is a Barry is a compelling character as a member of the Horsemen. Sure to hell is. All right, now anything else from Barry? No, that was good. That was really good, except for the tie. <laughs> but but I'm good, man. I, I like it. No, he's a heel. He needs to look ridiculous mm-hmm. with the tie and glasses. Oh, I agree. Now now that you got your piss out the way, let's well, go back. Some, to church. I'm drinking some more. Let's go back to church. Now we got Arn, Barry, J.J., Tully, and Jesus, Lord. Holy moly. Uh, let's just hit Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. All right, here we go. So there was. What happened in the dressing room right after the big scene? Let me tell you what. Who are you? You know, everybody thinks that what I've done is so bad. All I've done is join the most elite group of professional wrestling. Dusty Rose, who puts you above the law? What makes you better than everybody else to where you can do something and get away with it? Huh? Uh. Answer that question for me, will you? He preached. What I have done is become a member of the Four Horsemen, not by invitation, but by my ability and talent alone. It's great to have you with us. You know, everybody in our group, in our elite group, knows Dusty Rhodes like the back of the hand. You can go back a couple years to the Omni with the leg. You can go back to the titles that I've taken from him. And you know, BW, now the last thing that he had in his mystique was this, and you've taken that. But you know, we've got these back. Flair's the world's heavyweight champion. We always said, you've got to have the gold to really be somebody in professional wrestling. <laughs> well, on May the 13th, BW, now that you're the newest member, I think it's only fitting that you should be the United States heavyweight champion, too. And I know you can take everybody in that tournament. The U.S. championship is something that J.J. and I have already talked about. And believe you me, not far from now, it'll be right here. Double A, please put it all in proper perspective for us. I'm going to say one thing about this. I don't want to toot our horn out here, but toot, toot. All things considered, these are back where they should have been all along. Now, moving along, Dusty Rhodes, Midnight Rider, whoever it is you want to call yourself. If you are what you've always professed to be, the American dream, then don't come out here and plead. Don't come out here and beg Barry Windham to fall back under your wing. Fall back under your shadow. The whole theory behind the American dream is a little man can rise from nowhere to the top of the world. That's what the American dream is. You can achieve what your potential and what your guts will let you achieve. 
Don't begrudge Barry Windham that same night. Don't be a hypocrite. Rhodes, all these people will stand behind anything you say. But we know you to be exactly what you know yourself to be, a hypocrite. Windham has done one thing for himself, watching his off. It's not, come on, Barry, get in a limousine, go where I want to go. It's not, come on, Barry, come with me, Lex. Let's go do what Luger wants to do. For one time in his life, he's rolled up and be the man he wants to be. He's six foot six, he's 265 pounds, and what he is above anything else, something nobody will ever be able to take away from him, is now he's a horseman. And gentlemen, on our criteria, that's the bottom line. What this is called, and stacking them up for you, Rose, your final horror is. The bottom line is, a quote out of history, that's something nobody's ever forgot. Keep in mind, he gave his only begotten son. We are the best. We are the horsemen. And when he gets to Houston for the tournament, Gary Wyndham will be ready. More action fans right after the Man, we just went to church. <laughs> Again. Again. Twice on Sunday. Remember, you had to go back for evening service. Come on, Mama. Yes. Oh God! Well, <laughs> when you lived in the South, <laughs> night church. Right. Come on, man. The three o'clock football games ain't over by the time we gotta leave. Damn, bro. Let's take it. Because <laughs> think about it. Think about it. It's 1983. You go to you get drugged to Sunday night service. You get home. You have no way of knowing what just happened in your game that you had to leave at three o'clock. None. None. You might as well have been on Mars during that game because you don't you. There's no ESPN. There's no cell phone. There's no Internet. You don't know what happened. I, I can't add anything to it. You nailed it. You were in the dark, pal, till 10 o'clock news. <laughs> you I gotta were. Stay, I got to stay up. No, you got to go to bed. You got school tomorrow. Motherfuck you. I got to find out who won this game. <laughs> you calling people. I you have picked I up a phone for. and called people before. What happened? What, what, what was bad, man, was, was I, I don't, I, were you a Monday Night Football fan? Like, even young like seven eight nine years oh, old man i would sneak back into where i could just hear what was going on <laughs> in the other room i was supposed to be in bed and i'd just be sitting there listening so i man i was all into the monday night football in you know back then i mean it starts at 7 30 now but i remember when it came on abc and started at 8 p.m and by and my bed and my bedtime was always i could watch the first half and then the yeah. halftime, halftime, they showed the highlights from yesterday's game, and that was the best yeah. part of my week because that's when I got to see at least every team in action and a glimpse of it. That was yeah. the that was the highlight of, other than the Cowboy game. That was the highlight of my whole week as a kid. Oh, Arn was preaching. Now you're preaching right now, man. And then, the and, and, then and then it was like they came in there and it was like, all right, halftime's over. It's third quarter kickoff. Time to go to sleep. No, dude. I get man, down on my knees and start praying at that point. I'm surprised I never got in a fight with my mom about being made to go to bed. And when I say eight, excuse me, eight o'clock, I'm talking eight o'clock central time. It, it, Monday night football came on back then. So, you know, you eight years old and they telling you to go to bed. It's like nine thirty, nine forty. I was just like you Cause see, man. You remember when you just got think about how the world, hold on, hold on. Think about how the world changed. We literally waited till halftime of Monday night football 
to see what happened that Sunday during all the other games. When now, I, had, I, now I, had, I had gotten that. my nose, I had gotten my nose in a sport sports page, but I ain't seen nothing. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Remember, remember how that. old you felt? That was when you, the probably the first time you felt old, was when it was. Well, you never had this because the Saints never made it to Monday night, but we were on at least once or twice a year. It was like, okay, you can stay up if it stays close and it's a big game and it stays close. You can stay up with us and watch it, man. You thought you were like 22 years old buying beer and shit. <laughs> now back to the pro, back, man. It's just so different, man. And, it, and people go back like, let's go back to the way things used to be. Man, I want to be able to pull up on my phone what the, what's going on in this world right now. So yeah. anyway, Arn looks ridiculous out there with Rid- his blonde Rid- hair and his white glasses and his button-up shirt. But he takes those glasses off. He's talking about only begotten sons and toot-toot. And he, he's man, preaching. And Barry's doing something for himself. He ain't doing something for you jackasses. He ain't getting in with you, Dusty, and you, Lex. He's 6'6", 265. Man. That was the biggest problem with the the later incarnation of the Horsemen. When they fought the NWO, they needed a Barry Windham. Because, like, Benoit was Benoit, but he was so short. Like, and and they didn't have that, that bigger guy, and Mongo couldn't handle that credibly. That's that. I mean, Wyndham. I mean, shit. Wyndham is the big, the big enforcer, but he can fucking go. Yeah. Arn. Okay, so I need to describe him to people that aren't watching on Patreon. Tinyurl.com/slash/PatreonBTT. Arn looks ridiculous. Arn has a sunburn on top of either darkening his beard. Or lightening his hair. Or both. It's fan or both. And it's fantastic. The glasses are utterly ridiculous with he's the medallion he's got. He's got white rimmed glasses with like a orange type tint to the lenses. And he the was, white and the white button up shirt kind of thing is is the kind of casual button up. It's unbuttoned a couple of buttons with a silk necklace with the silver medallion kind of thing in it. I mean the gold medallion. Sorry, it's perfect. He's he's ridiculous. Uh, he he is utterly ridiculous. Why are we talking about this like it's real? Hold on, I gotta hear it again. I'm gonna say one thing about this. I don't want to toot our horn out here, but toot toot. All things considered, these are back where they should have been all along. Now moving along, Dusty Rhodes. All right, I just had to hear that again. He he's. God, this is oh man, this is so good. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we else. We talk about well, and here's the thing: we're talking about it like it's real because they're talking about it like it's real, and they're convincing us as old men, much like they did when we were kids, that this is real. Here's the so, thing: if you treat it with respect and you treat it the right way, I, look. I know the earth is flat. I know that fluoride is a gimmick. I know that wrestling ain't real. But I'll go for the ride with you if you do all the right things. They just don't do the right things anymore. Did you say you know the earth is flat or isn't yeah. flat? Yeah. 
It's flat, dude, like a tabletop, right? <laughs> I got to say one more thing. I love Barry here. Barry saying. Barry talking to the mask was funny, like it's dusty. That was good. Why is it a crime? Yeah. When everybody, when we do it, but it's not. He he said that line again, which is so true. But Arn said, Barry rose up and is being the man he wants to be. And it is a a little funny when he talked about the American dream is really rising up from being a little guy up to nothing. I'm like, well, Blackjack was his dad. So it ain't like he started from nothing. We'll we'll, we'll go over that for purposes. Well, I mean, that's fine. For purposes of this exercise, we'll gloss over that minor detail. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're, having, we're having fun, man. We had a rough start tonight with all this technology, but now we're having fun. I mean, yeah, let's pissing. just hope that we're kissing on the. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is the one chance, or the show's over. But I mean, we're pissing on the air. We don't have Harper. Just, I mean, we're having a good time. We are now. Let's keep moving, because uh, that was excellent. Just a, that that's the meat of the show this week, in my personal opinion. We're gonna run through some stuff now, but that's yeah, that's your basic uh, greatness of the show. Not that Sull- Sullivan's coming up, and that's pretty good. But uh, I want to mention a um, couple of things now that we, that happens as the show keeps going. You got Ivan Koloff. He's about to defeat Larry Davis. Do you have anything from that, Doc? No. We get an announcement from Jr. and Tony. They mention the Crockett Cup, and they actually throw it to some highlights of the tournament uh, that Sting and – hold on. I'm trying to uh, click to it. That Sting and Luger – where's my notes at? I lost my spot. Hold Grab on a hold. One Grab a hold. Yeah, hold. <laughs> my, whole, my, my whole thing about that what? was I – I wish they'd have made as big a deal about showing the highlights as they did about the lead up to the thing. And I think that's kind of the thing that always is the kind of the popcorn fart fizzle piece to the Crockett cup is they build it up for weeks and these teams are getting ready. They're scouting. Well, tell me more what happened. Give me that Monday night football highlight thing. What happened to Larry Zabisco and Al Perez? We're just acting like that. shit didn't, you told me for weeks how they had an advantage. When did they go out? Give me some breakdown of this shit. Analyze it. Tell they me what happened. Showed, they showed a lot less, I think, this particular week uh, or this particular year than I think they have in previous years of the cup. They, they I mean, the, the I mean, I, are- I want to see the full on sports center like in the first round we had blah, blah, blah. And, and walk me through that shit. They probably could have done a better job because I well, say they they limited it because they want to sell you the tape. But I ain't buying no tape. I mean, imagine if you'd have gone into your mom and said, "I need fifty nine ninety nine to buy some tape." You can fifty nine ninety nine your ass back to your motherfucking room, boy. Is what you can do. Uh, would have been the response. I, I didn't even fix my lips to say that back then. But Ling, uh, Sting, and Luger win the cup. And I want to say this. Uh, so uh, Robert Silver was talking to me on Twitter, and he said uh, he was ta- he said he had just watched it. So I think there's a version of this out there on like YouTube or something. Uh, and it was a really good show. The Fantastics versus versus uh, Tully. And Arn was the best match. Luger and Sting versus Arn and Tully was excellent as well. And the Midnight Rider destroyed JJ in their match. And Nikita beat Flair by DQ. So Flair retains his title for obvious reasons. But that's kind of some of the things you may have missed from the cup. But anyway, I believe the cup is on YouTube and it's out there uh, to, for anyone to watch if you do want to see it. But to Doc's point, let's go back to it. 
they don't really talk a lot about the cup during this. I mean, it's real quick, probably 30 seconds or so, and then they try to sell you the tape. Right, Doc? Bingo, pal. Bingo. Please tell me we're not going to listen to Luger. Jesus. No, no, I'm not. We're not about to listen to Luger. Um, He's they, sad. I get they it. They go to. He is he is like a depressed puppy dog. Uh, they go to Luger, who's interviewed by Tony Schiavone. They show the replay of Barry turning again with Luger, uh, taking us and Luger's basically voicing over and taking us through what he was thinking as the match proceeded. Basically, what Doc said. He's very sad. I don't really have anything more from it. He's depressed. You know, he just sounds disappointed about what happened. And uh, after they watch it, Luger warns Barry that he will get him back. Uh, I mean, it, it is what you'd expect it to be. I think uh, he. He probably could have been more fired up, but it was what it was. I don't have anything else from it, Doc. Did you? Mm-mm. The Sheep Herders then mm. uh, with Rip Morgan uh, take on I'm trying to get to it. Oh, yeah, we're in the studio now. Uh, the Sheep Herders with Rip Morgan and not Johnny Ace, they defeat Tommy Angel and Larry Stevens. Doc, thoughts on uh, Rip Morgan taking over for Johnny Ace if you have any? I just would think Johnny Ace might be out looking for, you know, shopping for skateboards, perhaps. I believe you may be correct. We're going to have fun with that. Somebody needs to get Harper off work so he can get here for that show. He, he said start without him, and uh, here we are an hour into this shit, and he ain't nowhere to be found. Let's. Uh, I let's... hope that wasn't his one phone call. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um. So after that, they go to the spam. Everybody slip. knows that it that wouldn't have been his one phone call. It would have been to Luke. Sorry, Luke, I can't carry your bags today. Okay, they go to the spam slam of the week. It is uh goes to Bobby Eaton, and then they go to a promo. Uh, it's a it's a like an intro intro promo, but they go to Jim Cornette, and then they show the Fantastics winning the U.S. title from the Midnight Express. Um. I tell you what, Doc, I can actually queue up the finish of the match if you'd like. Yeah, man, how great. How great was Corny on the whole commentary here? He was just I mean, you can't do the whole thing because it's just too long. But he was just amazing. And this match was great, too. I mean, this was really good all the way around. It really, really was. I'm t- I'm telling you, I'm starting to come around to the end that I may like Fantastics and and. Midnight's better than rock and roll in midnights. I don't know about that, but uh, let's go to the to the finish of the match where the Fantastics win the U.S. belts. You can't start a match and it started again. Sweet Stan Lane is the legal man in the ring. Beautiful Bobby is not legal. Look, Tommy Rogers from behind, up on the top rope, going to attack my man from behind when he turns around to go off the top rope. Here he drop kicks him, falls unconscious. He's tangled up in beautiful Bobby. There's the pin. That is a travesty of justice. Look at those people, man. Wait a minute, Jim. There was a pin, right? Two legal men in the ring. There no. was a pin. No, beautiful Bobby wasn't a legal man in the ring. Sweet Stan Lane was, and it'll hold up in any court of law. And look, Fulton still don't even know he's won the belt. Tommy Rogers and that referee that helped him out, carting him out. Gee, I can't believe it. Let me tell you something. That whole thing was a fiasco. But everybody and their brother right here sends the NWA videotapes. Well, my mother personally carried a videotape of that travesty of justice to the NWA board of directors and my close personal friend, Jim Crockett, who I supported 
a few weeks ago when Dusty Rhodes tried to brutally injure him. I supported Jim Crockett. Well, he's got a tape. He's taking it. They're having a meeting of the board of directors that he's going to personally plead my case. And next week, he has promised me a decision. And next week would have been the one-year anniversary of the Midnight Express being United States Tag Team Champions. And my mother was going to throw us a big anniversary party. But she's still going to do just that. Because Bobby Fulton, I don't know if you woke up out of your walking coma or not. But I'll tell you this. You better enjoy those U.S. tag belts while you got them. Because when that decision comes down next week from the NWA, the Midnight Express are going to be United States Tag Team Champions again. Jimmy Crockett is going to bring those belts out here and personally hand them to me, beautiful Bobby, and Sweet Stan. And we are going to have the celebration right here in this studio that my mother has been planning and been promising us for a long, long time now. And I guarantee you one more thing. You plead your case however you want to plead it. But Marvin Mitchelson, Clarence Darrow, and F. Lee Bailey all together couldn't get you out of this mess. You ripped us off, and you know it. And the NWA is going to set things right. And once again, the Midnight Express will be U.S. Tag Team Champions right here next week. And David, about the party, yep. I wouldn't invite you in my life dependent on it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, next week. We're going to have the celebration and the decision of the United States Tag Team Championship in the ring now. Gorgeous. Jimmy Garvin. Well, Corny is uh, worked up, man. He, he, he was out there basically. Let me explain. When they threw it to the match with the Fantastics winning the U.S. titles, he was in the studio kind of just doing commentary over what was going on and all the shenanigans. And as you heard, the Fantastics pin, um, pin the Midnight Express and they win the titles. But when they come back to the studio, Corny's so worked up. He's sweating. He's worked himself into a lather. And then he talks about the party next week, and they'll be celebrating uh, um, the titles, even though they don't have them. More to come on that next week. Uh, Doc, what were your thoughts on all that? Man, he's as fussy over that shit as he is over politics and cosplay wrestlers today, man. Dude, I don't know if anything get him worked up his body. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough, man. But <laughs> it was, man, you see that ass whooping that Bobby Fulton took in that match? Uh, Bobby Fulton took an ass whooping. That was he good stuff, that. man. I like the I, these two teams, man. They just click. It's new. It's good it's, too. It's not just new. It is new, but it's not just new. Those two teams have chemi chemistry. Did you see the fans erupt when they won though? Yeah, the fans went nuts, man. People old old conservative looking white men in the crowd were getting excited and they don't get excited about nothing 1988 it, let's 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 say that it's 1988 think of how late it is i say late we're getting late into the 80s and stuff and but still in 1988 man people still got excited over their wrestling when they went to the live event i'm just saying man i'm just saying we're out Our, there doing yeah. it the right way and meanwhile backstage the crockets are like holy shit we're broke Holy shit, we're broke. <laughs> Holy shit, we're, we're broke. We're getting to that point, man. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to oh, turn no. it around. What are this we gonna, is the time what are we period. Gonna, what are we going to do? What are we going to well, do? Well, if you remember in Corny's, like, it's it's in the Omnibus version now, but if you remember when he originally covered the end of Jim Crockett Promotions, this is the point when they started to actually turn it around and started that we're starting to make some money. And it was too but, late. But yeah, well, it wasn't just that. There were some other things. But uh, he talks all about it. If you if you ever want to listen, it's it's really good stuff that he goes through because he he does it in great detail. And it's just crazy how insane uh, things got during this time. But 
Nevertheless, we keep going. Jimmy Garvin defeats Alan Martin. And then they go to Jimmy Garvin and Precious. And Garvin mentions that he is in shock over Barry's actions and becoming a horseman. And he then turns his attention to Sullivan. He also mentions the Prince of Darkness match, which is a blindfold match. I hate yeah. those. Yeah. Garvin, um, Garvin won the match, that blindfold match. But after the match, Steiner attacks Garvin, who has still got the hood on his head and cannot see him. Uh, Ron Garvin comes out to help. But Sullivan uh, hits Ron Garvin with his golden spike in the heart. The Bro, he, stab- he stabbed that man in the heart with the spike. Don't undersell that. He sure did. The varsity club then go after Precious, but she gets away. They go to commercial with both Garvin's Ron and Jim laying in the ring. And uh, what I meant is they're they're showing clips of this of this um this match that they had. So anyway, uh, Doc, any thoughts on Kevin Sullivan stabbed Ronnie Garvin in the heart, pal. He didn't give two shit. I can't, make the, I can't make the reference because you won't get it, but the army will get it. It's like the anchor man when Brick stabbed a man with a trident. Okay. Yeah, I don't people, get it. People in our audience will get that. That <laughs> escalated quickly. That really jumped up a notch. I want to point this out. Harper sent us a text message. An hour and five minutes ago, saying to start without him. I'm sorry, an hour and 11 minutes ago, saying to start without him. <laughs> ah, all right. Any other thoughts on on uh, what goes down here with uh, Garvin and stabbing uh, Ronnie Garvin in the heart? Here it comes, Doc. There it is. Oh, he stabbed him. Jesus that Christ. That was vicious looking. Yeah, it was. Any other thoughts? I'm not sure that I trust Kevin Sullivan with that spike, and I certainly don't trust him after the what Canamura shit. All right, Doc, I gotta start the the Patreon, stop the Patreon video part one, and then restart. So give me one second. All right, this should be part two of the Patreon video oh, at tinyurl.com. Right. Slash Patreon BTT. If you're not a patron, become one. Get the video versions of these episodes and. 200 plus patron exclusive episodes with world class and all the other stuff we do up on the Patreon site. There you go. All right, doc, we keep this thing moving. And I think we're about to go actually now to a, um, Oh, I'm sorry. First they go to a varsity club match with Mike Rotunda and uh, Rick Steiner defeating Joe Cruz and Andrew Bellamy. You got anything from that doc? No, I do not, but I do have something from the promo. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get to it. Because uh, Kevin Sullivan is about to be money in one second. We got the Varsity Club, Sullivan, Rotunda, and Steiner coming out to cut a promo, and here that is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with us, the Varsity Club, Kevin Sullivan. Mr. Sullivan, I was talking to some fans over there, and they referred to you and, and the Varsity Club as so much slime that they would scrape off the bottom of their boots. Well, David, let me talk to you about slime. I'll get to that, but I have a lot of talk. Today about, and I want my constituents to really listen to what I say, because I don't want them to rain on their parade. Barry Windham chose the right path. He went with the four horsemen, but they're out here laughing and enjoying themselves and saying how they're elite and how they can't be stopped. What they need to talk and listen to is one time I was in Bangkok, the city at night, and the Asians love to gamble, and they love to gamble with live animals to the death. 
there was a jackal there that had never been defeated for four years. Well, that jackal was turned out against four wolves. And the wolves bit him in the leg. They bit him in the neck. And finally, they reached down and pulled his intestines out and had the heart hanging. But the funny thing was, the jackal turned and he destroyed all four wolves. So gentlemen, the job is not finished until that hood comes off of the Midnight Rider. Because what you have just done is you've thrown a bucket of water on Superman's cake. You see, you think you know about violence. This man was bred in violence. And like I said, he has about 110 days left before Dusty Rhodes gets back. And if the job isn't done, he will destroy each and every one of us. You can congratulate Barry all you want. Hats off to you. But the bottom line is this. Nobody can get rid of the hands of stone. Ronnie Gavin, the Varsity Club did. If you gentlemen are having a problem with the Midnight Rider, put it on the line. You see, we're all in this together. And the last thing is this. Jimmy, if you think I'm lying about Patty, last Tuesday, when you came back from the gym and she hung the phone up abruptly and you said, who are you talking to? And she said, oh, who's a friend? Ask her if the name Kevin was a friend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the ring and sing. All right, that noise you heard was Hopper's finally trying to call us in the middle of this show. Um, what, do you want to bet he, what do you want to bet he asked if we've started yet? Jesus Christ. No way. What do you think they do to monkeys in Malaysia? That's exactly what I thought <laughs> during this promo. Um, Doc, as we're waiting on um, Hopper to answer, um, what do you have from Sullivan? Man, that was great. I mean, the, the story, the analogy, the city at night, the whole thing is just so cryptic. And then he flips to something that you could imagine is, hey, remember that phone call? Why don't you go ask your bitch who was on the phone? It's nice. Whoa, what do you hey, well, look the monkeys at, in Malaysia. Yeah, so what have what have you been doing out there in the in, in Malaysia there, Harper? I've been uh, taking care of some things I had to had to get rid of. Uh oh, what was there? You broke up, huh? What? No, oh, not that. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The man's working hard, Doc. Yeah, bro. I gave her a kid. I got a whole box of the, these old comic books, right? And he, you know, I'm trying to get rid of some of this this fucking shit that's been sitting around here. And I was like, I bring it over there, thinking I got something for you. I got this box of these comic books. He didn't, bro. It was like I brought over a bunch of paper towels. He, he probably <laughs> did. He did he say, why don't you just fucking hit me like the last guy she dated? <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> see, see how much better the show got once I could pitch it to That's Harper. nice. <laughs> how old? How old is this this youngster? Eleven. Oh, that's a terribly awkward age. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's what I tried <laughs> to uh, explain to her. She's like, "Oh, he's a little boy." I was like, "You know what I was doing when I was eleven years old?" And just imagine if I had the fucking internet in the palm of my hand. Fuck. 
smoking Please. weed and listening to Van Halen. No, something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. There we go. Hmm. Yeah, like remember what I said? How we had the fucking lingerie section for the J.C. Payne's catalog. Oh, the Sears catalog. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah, I think your exact words were, "Do you know how it would have been if we could have just typed into the internet, big, big titty, titty horse? Yeah, I mean Jesus. The Bukaki. world. The world. Just think. We used to sit there and wait to see Missy Hyatt. We used to sit there all fucking day long. Wait to see Missy fucking high just to get well, her. Well, Mike, off. Mike, Mike didn't. Mike had that three week period where Dark Journey was in the promotion. But she don't look too bad. I mean, out of all of them, she looks the most, you know, presentable. Where's Mighty Wilbur at? Dude, she and let me tell you something. In my personal opinion, I, I know what picture you're talking about. The gathering was was yeah. Uh, was was last weekend and she took a picture next to baby doll and missy and let me tell you something dark journey i know we got a lot of differences of opinion out there in the bt army and that's fine everybody's entitled to an opinion but dark journey looks better than in that trio than than any of them i i I don't care which way you slice it i mean baby that looks like that like the woman that's at the parent teacher conference uh thing uh, screaming at the school because it make the kids wear uniforms or something. <laughs> she does. And Missy just looks like a mess. Stop. Like an accident happened on the freaking surgery table. And I'm just she, kidding. Missy. She's we, a we good girl. Bruh. Doing those reenactments. Plastic surgery. <sighs> Fuck That's that. All. No, I don't want to talk about any of them. Look, yeah. Father Time. No, seriously, Father Time is undefeated. Like for real, it is truly undefeated, and that's that. I don't know what else to say. But Harper, this is how far we're into this show. We are up to. We just saw the Sting promo, and we were talking about Kevin Sullivan's promo. Um, that's how far we're into this. We're like damn near done. Yeah. All right, there he is. Can I tag out? Yeah. Do you want to tag out? Yeah, he's got. He's really got to tag out. He didn't really. Does. Um, I got. I got a few more minutes here to hang out. I mean, I missed Harper in the three days since we spoke. So, and I just want to make sure he's. I, I kind of don't want to leave him with you because you suck. Well, did you have anything from the Sting promo, Doc? Good God, no. He screams and he 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 does the Horseman upside down sign and calls it the sign of deadly squat. That was his exact comment. <laughs> Man. <sighs> yeah, man called Sting. Uh, Dude, Midnight Rider. What? You know what he looks like? He, you remember? Goddamn, pal pronouns. Who looks like? Fucking uh, the Midnight Rider. He looks, like, like, he looks like Dusty Rhodes in a mask. That's what he looks like. He fucking <laughs> looks like he ought to be. Like, remember when we talked about Popeyes and pals, Mike? Yes. <laughs> He looks like someone you would see doing a show like that, like Wild Bill's uh, cartoon <laughs> hour or something on Saturday mornings. He's on- a special guest and had a special <laughs> name. <laughs> Do- Doc and them had to have a, had something similar to Popeye and Pals. We had Peppermint Place. That's probably about see? the same thing. The, sing- the singer from the Butthole Surfers was dad was the guy from Peppermint Place. Oh. 
Somebody Popeye. out there, somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. Popeye and pals was rolling back in the day, bro. And Harper and I never got to go to it. Uh, everybody in New Orleans know what we're talking about. If you don't know, just Google Popeye and pals New Orleans in YouTube, and you'll see exactly what the hell Popeye and pals was. But you're right, Harper. He looks like the Midnight Rider. Looks like you know somebody that would show up on Popeye and pals is like the special entertainment for the day. <laughs> Larry the Lasso. Yeah, right. exactly. Larry the Lasso. Good point. All right, we keep the show moving. Nikita Koloff defeats Trent Knight, and then Nikita Koloff and the Midnight Rider. Whoa, come whoa, out. whoa! Did you hear? Did you hear Jr. in that match say he he admitted that he's looking less bulky and admitted it? And, and Jr. did a nice job here because he said it was a new diet. And that he slimmed down so that he would have the the stamina to go the full tilt with Rick. That's Jr. being a professional. That's good stuff. That is good stuff right there. That was Jr. being Jr. Because it's obvious he's smaller. Harper is right. Said that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's leaking. He looks like an inflatable pool that's leaking air. Yeah, I that's get it. That's nice. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny? Um. Hubbard, he doesn't, it's not that he's like, he's losing muscle, but it's not like he's flabby. He's just losing muscle. Yeah. Yeah. He yoked up. Right. And you can see like, I mean, he's still like relative. I don't want to say he's really, really, really lean, but I mean, he's not, he lost the muscle, but yeah, you can tell. And it's good that JR explained it away because goddamn, I mean, he's. He's still Nikita. I mean, he's still, he just, I don't like his hair like that. I guess he's mm. Mm-mm. He looks like an American. <laughs> he he is like a, a real American Russian. He is. <laughs> All right, we keep going. Um, Hubbard, did you have anything else from uh, their promo or anything? It nah. was pretty- yeah. The Powers of Pain defeat Jerry Price and Keith Steinborn. And then we go to the Sheep Herders with Rip Morgan, who cut a promo. Uh, I'm not going to play it. They do tell us that Johnny Ace is a traitor to the Sheep Herders and the country of New Zealand, even though he was an American. Uh, so Johnny Ace is out and Rip Morgan is in. And the Sheep Herders say they have their eyes on the NWA World Tag Team titles and they're going to unmask the Midnight Rider. They also tell us that Rip is their nephew, which uh, actually Jr. told us that uh, Rip was their nephew, too, at one point. But um Doc uh, or Harper, did, any thoughts? Did you see Rip Morgan lick their head? Uh, I I, I didn't. I, I, I guess go. I missed that. At the that. end of the promo, he licked their head. I was like, nah, I, there you go. He ain't slimming down. <laughs> what are you talking about? Barbarian and uh, yeah. Wolf? No. They, ain't they probably, maybe they stole Nikita's. <laughs> <laughs> Nikita's doses for themselves. That's, that's nice. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> uh, Who needs kidney function? Fuck it. <laughs> Let's get bigger. <laughs> Fucking livers hanging out, hanging out of their side. I thought you were about to say livers hanging out their anus. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> hanging out the abscess in their abdomen because they're fucking shooting up. I like Rip Morgan's look. He looks like he fits these guys better. Yes. He does. <laughs> Shit. Is Johnny, Ace. Johnny Ace didn't fit them. Go ahead, Harper. Johnny Ace w- w- was like, look, 
I got my brother-in-law. He's between jobs. He don't give him doing something, you know. Okay, we're going to put him with the fucking sheep herders. He just did not fit at all. He didn't say anything. There was no true, like, explanation of why they needed him or why he was there. Well, they needed somebody to wave the flag. That's Yeah. Why. But why was he turning on America? I don't know. Yeah, they never, they never told that part of it. And I'd like to know why Johnny Ace turned on him. Because he wasn't a Springsteen fan. Because he needed, he needed a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, probably a good thing that Johnny Ace didn't talk much when they were cutting promos. Because that... If he was... <laughs> If he was that bad, if he was that bad in the 2000s, imagine what it would have been in 1988. Yeah, that's true, huh? He's out searching for a, a skateboard, like Doc said earlier, right now. He uh, went for from his... skateboards to Mama Bella. That's not a bad <laughs> come up. up. Look, he did he just look ahead there? Uh, I think he almost did. Yeah, he's about to in a minute. This is a long promo. These guys need to shut up. But Rip Morgan does fit them a lot better than um Yes. It's almost like he's like a more wild version of of a hacksaw. Yeah, he he's he fits them. I ain't never heard him compared to hacksaw, but you know what? There's you know, like that big stupid kind of the, the big dumb guy like what they did like in the you know, like like what Vince did with him. Oh, he's, I got you. He's doing the aboriginal dance and shit. He sure was. Um, Rip Morgan is now in the ring. He defeats Ryan Wagner. And then after that, Tony, David, and JR tell us that if the rider is unmasked, that he will be suspended for a year, and then we go off air. All right, Doc. Um, you know, Harper joined us almost at the end. Uh, I know you only yeah. got a couple more minutes. So let's let's get your rating and your Rolex. Complicated thoughts on this one because we do have Rip Morgan coming in. We had some great promos, um, a good match I thought between the Fantastics and Midnight's. No Rick, that hurts. Um, I'm gonna say A minus. Uh, I'm gonna give it an A. Now Hopper, I know you saw it, but you just weren't here for it. Uh, what would you give it? Watch. I give it a solid A. I like right. Rick. I like Barry. He gave a an explanation of why he did uh, what he did. So let me ask you this. Uh, JJ gave a better explanation of yeah. why he did what he did. But yeah, I got Yeah, and, 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 were they chanting boring? Yeah, well, I, I, I got a promo on him for that. We, called J, we said JJ was preaching and the people needed to shut the fuck up. Yeah, for real. Yeah, they, they, they really did. Uh, Harper, um, Doc, go ahead and give out your Rolex, and then I'll ask, uh, and then you can drop, and I'll ask Harper what he thought about JJ and Barry's promo and how ridiculous Barry looked. But go, Harper, well, I, I mean, Doc, I just want to, I want to say good night to all my sweet babies out there. You know, the Docaholics, the Army. Um, I know that there's just a, a we're wading through waist high shit right now to get this show out. But we do it because we love you guys. That's what I'm talking about right there. It ain't out yet. <laughs> That's a good point. We might have to do this shit again. Uh. Um, there were some really, really good promos in, in this episode. I mean, JJ, JJ needs some strong consideration. Gary Hart was great. Kevin Sullivan was multifaceted and awesome. Uh, but I, I just, the, the, the complete look 
and the complete package of what Arn did. I mean, you know, it might not have been Lance's pick, but Lance ain't here, so I'm giving it to Arn. I want to hear what y'all got to say before I drop. Well, I'm gonna I'm give it. I'm gonna give it to Arn too, because whenever Arn whips out the, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but toot toot, bitch. Yeah, that was I good. Mean, it, it's like, come on, it's Arn Anderson, and and you know what, Lance is working. Don't let him fool you. And I'm gonna leave it at I that. I think no, okay. I think I'm starting to think he means that. You don't mean that shit. You know, but I, anyway. I figured I figured out who we are. If we were like the BTT guys, we're all real wrestlers. So Harper is is uh, Daryl Van Horn. <laughs> yeah. And Lance is Lance Storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're Ernest the Cat Miller. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're black. You get it? Y'all are assholes. What? It's kind of like, I feel like we're like the NWO, like the cool kids. And Lance is like Disco Inferno, like in catering, trying to sit with us. And we're like, bro, bro, get the fuck away from here, bro. Cool sit over there with the fucking luchadors. <laughs> and that's why he doesn't show. <laughs> <laughs> he's like coming up to us like you know uh i'm the tv champion right now guys and yeah good for you asshole we'll sit over there <laughs> or another one like hopper likes to say brah go sit down yeah go sit down disco oh jesus okay that's awesome Okay. Well, you know, Atlanta's probably getting ready for football season for the Mustangs' big. Uh, he is their big, their big six and six and six record where they qualify for a fourth tier bowl. Yeah, I got yeah, it. and they're gonna go to the Jiffy Lube Bowl and they're probably gonna lose against Wake Forest, thirty-four to ten. There you go. <laughs> oh, but hey, man, just just appearing on national TV in a bowl game will really help our uh, recruiting profile. Yeah. <laughs> We're rated a hundred and we're rated ninety third in uh, our, our recruiting right. profile for this year. Hopper, do the do do the Hopper, do the thing where you imitate him. Oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, as we look here, it was uh, April twenty third. This was in uh, nineteen eighty eight, that's the year we finished uh, seven and five, and we beat uh, uh, Texas Tech for the first time in three years. So yeah, uh, that was a big a big year for us. And we went to the uh, Sun Bowl in, in El Paso when we beat uh, 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 Washington State. So, yeah, that was a good year for us. You didn't finish it off with a laugh. <laughs> oh, fuck. How's the laugh go? Y'all are some dicks. What? I mean, I mean, Washington <laughs> State's quarter Washington State's quarterback was missing his left leg, but we won't we won't we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was it right there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's fucked up. Okay, all right. Um, Why are we treating Lance like a Mark who jumped in the ring? <laughs> all right, Hopper. Let me get uh, let me get your opinion since Doc is still with us, uh, and you didn't give out the Rolex shit. How ridiculous does Barry look? He definitely he looks like the guy. Remember the store? I guess uh, uh Mike may have had a uh, uh, Doc may. I'm sure uh, y'all had them. That, that store that was in the mall, it was 
called Chess King or something? Yes. He looks like he's an assistant manager at fucking Chess King. I was going to say. I was going to say he looks like the guy that plays basketball but still likes. What band would he like? Mid 80s. Um, mm. What band? Mario Speedwagon and Sticks. Uh, but a little bit harder. Uh, maybe. Docking, maybe. Yeah. Docking, docking, docking. anymore. No, no, shut, shut up. Docking's a good one. Docking's per- what I fight for. Shut oh. Docking is perfect. And now he's, he's you're 17. The friend, you're forever. God, why do you know that song so well? No kidding. White people, I don't know. White, okay, so, so he's seven he's kids, seventeen. Bro. He's seventeen. He listens to Dawkin and now he's got he has got to go to a wedding or a funeral. <laughs> and he's fucked. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and this That's... is the best he can cobble together to try to not embarrass the family. That's that's perfect. <laughs> Man, that's yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, I'm gonna put this shit on so that my mom doesn't get upset and my grandma doesn't upset get upset. And I really hope I don't run into anybody I know with this thing. <laughs> and then I'm gonna get home and listen to some docking, some under uh, under lock and key, or uh, back for the attack, the Dream Warriors. And, be, and everything's gonna be all right. On that note, I gotta run. Uh, I hope all you sweet babies out there have a good time with us this week. And uh, if this didn't record, then this was the end of the show, and I had we had a great run. Uh, I assume that we all, uh, by the time this comes out, football will be out. Uh, I expect the Saints and the Cowboys to go both sixteen and zero this year, even though we play each other. And uh, there you go. It's the tagline. Book it, bitch. Uh-oh. Oh, no, Hopper, you got to give your, uh, all right, Doc, see you later. Later. Hopper, you got to give your um, Rolex. Uh, I guess, me, I, I was, I guess I gave it to Arn. I was thinking Arn or, 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 or fucking JJ. I liked how, the, the fucking Arn dye his hair. All right, so I'm glad you said that. And since it's just you and I, Doc, we're talking about, Doc and I were talking about this. Um, So. Two things, and let me let me get to, let me actually get to the timestamp when Arn Arn yeah. started. He looks Talk, more like 1978 than 1988. Dude, he 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 is he's a trip right here. <laughs> so two things, um, one, I really think he's been on a beach because he looks darker. Do you think yeah. he looks darker? He does look darker. Like he's got a tan, right? Right. All right, and then second thing. So then I was trying to figure out, and Doc and I discussed this. We were trying to figure out if, if he, if his beard is darker or his hair is lighter, or it's a combination of both. Because like you said, it's his hair. I, I think his hair looks light. Yeah. And his beard looks dark. And it's like look, look at him, and I can't freeze it, but yeah, you can see it. His hair looks like he almost lightened it, but it, mm-hmm. he dark. His beard It's really hard to tell, but I definitely think he's got a tan like he's been on a beach somewhere. So, yeah, uh, but he looks glorious with them white glasses on white frame glasses and that orange tint to the glasses. It's pretty damn remarkable. Uh, and he was out there having church talking about mm-hmm. I ain't 
I'm trying to toot my own horn, but toot toot. So what else? Did you have anything else from Arn? Arn just sounded fucking great. He sounded fucking they, great, man. They they were rolling. Um, and there's just fucking Tully. Fucking they, Tully. Tully looks like the guy that reads like the Tom Clancy novels, and he <laughs> loves Ronald Reagan a lot, and he's worrying about the Russians. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Uh, that he's reading through too. He, he probably uh, drives in American cars. Like buy American while you still can, man. The Japanese are taking over. <laughs> definitely, he's got a. He's he's definitely got an American car. Uh, this is this is fabulous, man. This is some, this is some really 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 good stuff. So, um, man. But yeah, Barry explained the turn. Arn explained a lot. JJ explained a lot. Tully explained a lot too. And um, yeah, we've officially got Barry as a member of the Horseman. You know, he's doing his own thing and saying "screw you," Dusty Rhodes. So that's that. All right, Hopper. Um, we talked about Wildcat. Yeah. November third, right? Yeah. All right. Oh. We talked last week. What? What about fucking Shivani's jacket? the fuck's up with that shit? Oh, oh yeah. So Doc started talking about that at the beginning of the show. The, the yeah. red jacket. I don't know what's up with that. You got me there, bro. You got me the there. Fuck. You really. Um. So we talked about we we talked about Wildcat last week. So we're gonna we're gonna talk more about it um in the coming weeks. But uh, Wildcat Sports, November third, Kenner at the Pontchartrain Center. Real quick plug. Harlem Heat will be there. Psychosis. Rob Van Dam. Honky Tonk Man. I know I'm missing numero. MVP. MV- MVP. We forgot to mention MVP last week. So MVP will yeah. be there that card make sure you check it out really looking forward to to it uh should be a should be a very very great show and that's that so we'll talk more about it as we get closer though it's only august uh end of august at this point so uh harper you got anything else before we get out of here though no let's go all right man hit the tagline take us home bro book it bitch
Before we get out of here, I want to shout out a couple of people, friends of the show. Also want to shout out some Patreon members and thank them for their patronage. Uh, before I do all that, like I said, a couple of friends of the show and podcasts that we hope you support. Check out the wrestling podcast about nothing with Brian Malonis from ROH and Mike Crockett. They do their show every single Monday. Monday mornings, the shows drop. They talk current and classic wrestling, along with some indie stuff, too. But it's a good show. They're friends of mine. So please support them because they support us. Also, check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, run by buddies of mine, Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, as they give their take on the northern side of pro wrestling's history. Slightly classier, definitely more professional than we are. Thank you, Joe and Quinn, for all of your plugs. We appreciate it. Also, check out the Bottom Line cast with Mike Prue and JV. They do their show. I believe their shows are dropping on Wednesdays these days. I keep forgetting, but uh, they're basically breaking down the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So check out Mike and JV as they do their thing. Great show. And also Mike and JV do the ECW Extreme Livecast on our Patreon feed at the $5 level. So good guys doing some good work, and I appreciate it, Mike and JV. Thank you for all of your support. And like I said, I want to thank all the Patreon members out there for their support and patronage. We really appreciate it. We do two shows a week that are free. And then in addition to that, we do more because of you guys. And we appreciate that. So thanks for supporting this show. Uh, It's definitely a great thing that you do for us and and supporting us. I mean, I can't say it enough. I'm eternally grateful for all the patrons we have. And as I'm talking about being eternally grateful, shout out to the Hall of Fame patrons. Kevin Carter, Michael Angel, Bob Richards, Rocky Swayzo, Christopher Champer, Will Harkey, Robbie Dyson, Rick Beebe, Brad Dunifen, Tom Schlegel, Coach Joey Chase, a.k.a. Willie Chase, Steve Malbasa, LaRon Brown, Kenny Byersdorf, Glenn Abbott, at GA Russell Nut on Twitter, Bobby Murray, Marlon Mueller, a.k.a. at Half Pints Point. Keep cutting them promos, kid. I know you would love when I say that. Josh Warren, Everett Starr, Mike Childry, Kyle Riley, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassy, Craig Norman, Johnny on Patreon, the great John Dean at YRC21, Josh Dunn, Ryan and Auburn, at Ryan and Auburn, that is, on Twitter. Good old Justin, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Morecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Josh Fields, Chris Myers, Gerald Green, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Prue, Will Parker, Jeremy Bryant, Classy Alex, David DeVries, Frog Zeppelin, SV Pageant, Bill Salsa, Big Rich, at Spy Boy Sports Cap, R.E. Miller 39, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinosa, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andretti, Coleman 822, Marty Howell, T-Hog 94, God Bold Unreal. Thanks for being Hall of Fame patrons. That list is getting longer and longer. And I appreciate it. Thank you for your patronage. And thank you for being Hall of Fame patrons and supporting this show and everything we do. That's all I got. Thank you again, guys. We appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and week and whenever or month or whenever you're listening to this. Thank you very much. And like Harper always says before we get out of here, book it, bitch.